0: You are listening to Drop Tent
1: Media Network, uh, my undocumented ass podcast with Che Guerrero. The you winds really change talk. in one direction; they gotta harass someone else. I get it. I get exactly. it. Like people don't realize how just one little access can literally change a whole family's life. Welcome another episode of my undocumented ass podcast. Uh, today, this was this was a very fun. Very fun episode. Uh, We talked to Abraham Barajas about uh, his experience coming from Mexico and and growing up in Oregon and also uh, how he has uh, how him and his family have opened up these amazing supermarkets around the Oregon area, Portland, Oregon area, uh, San Francisco Mercado. So don't get fooled by the name. Uh, It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. You guys are going to really, really my jaw dropped during this episode. And I think you guys will too when when you hear Abraham's story. So uh, yeah, without further ado, let's let's talk to Abraham Barajas. Where, 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 what's your role? Yeah,
0: so so this is this is my family's uh, store. They started in like 2007. We have like a couple stores here in the northwest, and um, this is the one where where I usually am helping them out right now. And especially right now, since they're in uh they're in Mexico, they like to they like to go back and forth, you know. Okay. Ya que, ya que sus papeles, they go every time they can, you know? <laughs> uh,
1: dude, my grandma did not get uh papers until she was 80. So, like, my family put her on a freaking cruise to, like, the Caribbean. They put her on a cruise nice. to, like, Latin America. She went to Europe within the first three years. So, I get it. Like, I get it. <laughs> like, they want to live yeah. their life now that they can.
0: Yeah, I remember when my parents first got their papers. I was in, like,. Uh, I was in like seventh grade, like in the middle of a project, and they're like, "Hey, we got court on two tu- on like Tuesday, and by like Saturday, we were on a plane to Mexico without getting the green card. You know, they give you the temp one and stuff. So we were we were over there. I'm like, Hey, you guys know I got like I'm missing about two months of school. Like I had a I was, I was like, yeah, but I missed ten school. years of life.
1: So yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, you shut up. You shut up. In Mexico. It was it was great, but
1: that's awesome. Yeah. Let's start a little bit like with like, you know, because I, I like everybody on this podcast so far, I got to know your story a little bit through TikTok, you know, seeing you graduate from college and start to put, you know, your degree to, to work. But let's start a little bit like with your family, like, you know, where are they from, you know, um, you know, what what did your mom and dad do? How they meet, what they got, they come because it's always with the parents, man. It's a documentary right. thing it always starts with the parents and, and their choices. Uh-huh.
0: Right, right. So I don't know much about my parents before I was born. Um, in terms of, I never asked, like, "Hey, do you guys meet or whatnot?" But I do know that when I was born, we were born in Michoacan, like in a very, very like poor little uh, village. Um, and my family was being, um, I remember that my family was being harassed by, you know, the people that are not so nice there. Um. Uh, the cartels and so oh wow you're really um,
1: really harassed by the cartel like that's
0: yeah wow yeah my family my, my grandpa grows a little bit of avocado so everyone's harassed so it's, no. it wasn't just like it wasn't like just no it's like everybody. i actually
1: i don't know where i saw this but i saw that like the mexican cartel has a big hand in like in the avocado industry that oh, is yeah. oh, huge yeah.
0: so big it's it's horrible because. I mean, going off the rails, like, even last year uh, or two years ago, my my grandpa, who pays his quota, you know, uh, he was kidnapped. And, like, I've never thought that would happen, like, someone so close would get kidnapped. But, like, going through that experience, it is so traumatizing. It just leaves you numb, vulnerable, and disgusted. And you just realize, like, wow, things are so bad everywhere else. It's like, ah. It was one of those, it was probably the worst experience of my life to know that like someone that like, gets kidnapped, but I digress. We, well, uh, were, know, we were young. This
1: goes wherever, this goes wherever it goes. If you, if you <laughs> don't mind me asking real quick, cause we can't just leave off. My grandpa was kidnapped and. Yeah, you know We'll we we okay? get him eventually. We'll get him eventually. We'll get, I mean, oh. when By the, the way, next harvest comes short, in, go go we gotta go get him. You know what? I know. Yeah. Jesse, cut it off. Like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You guys could bet. No, it was. It was. We're so fortunate, like through this these businesses and other ventures, and the fact that they had like eight kids. Like everybody put their share, and yeah. we were we were able to get him back and was, safe
1: was, and sound. Was, was was still because related to the avocado work that he yeah. does. Yeah, it was still uh, that. 100%, it's still, hundred percent. they their hand in it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Wow. Uh, so. I don't know if, if it's true or not. I just hear rumors. But, you know, sometimes the production of um of drugs doesn't go as well. So what they do is they either get money through extortion or protection or other things. Yeah, yeah You know,
1: yeah. they make up they, they make up
0: rules over there. Yeah, they, yeah, of course. Of course, course. Uh, when
1: yeah, the winds really change touch. in one direction, they got to harass someone else. I get it. I exactly, get it. You know, business. Exactly.
0: Business. Amigo, business. They, they, they're not going over there business. like – they don't really have like a checkbook. <laughs> where they're like, okay, sir, uh, Mr. Barajas, you uh, didn't yeah. pay your quota. Are we going to do that in a month? payments or they don't they don't, do okay. any of that shit. they don't
1: really work on like that yeah yeah, yeah. it's what mm-mm. they need at the moment and you got to provide it doesn't matter what the logic is exactly so i'm so exactly. happy he's okay so so your family uh back in the day where we're growing avocados even back then
0: yeah yeah so i guess um before avocado growing was good back the be, back before everybody who had their avocado toast in the morning <laughs> you know avocados weren't that weren't that profitable so no. my dad um my dad decided to come over here when i was like two years old to try to raise some money and potentially like move us out of uh of, a, of a poverty and so i remember growing up uh my first memories were were just living on the farm with my mom and always asking where my dad was and she would tell me oh he's in the u.s and i'm like okay eventually yeah. And so, fast forward a couple of years later, I remember that when I was four, we finally decided to come over to the U.S. illegally. Yeah. yeah. And and um, you know, through the open gate, you just walk through. Of course not. It was me, my mom, and and my mom's dad, my <laughs> grandpa. It took
1: me a minute to understand. I was like, because I flew him. Wait, wait, those are open gates. Yeah, in the they back. they, like, no they closed it since then. But
0: yeah yeah yeah. there's nothing it was um the gate is about like 80 miles of desert at yeah. night and Did you, you I, reme- I remember walking with a group of people the coyotes i remember like oh my gosh i remember too much and no, i remember me, getting caught i remember i remember getting caught by the border patrol i remember being detained i remember uh just the whole experience Did it's they just separate like you, you guys well they separated my grandpa and my mom but I stayed with my mom so it was just like women and children in one cell and then everyone else was, was like in different cells but um I don't know how they did it uh but eventually we we were let out and I was let out with uh like a foster family for like three weeks here somewhere in Oregon and then I was uh, like a white later- family Hello, white family. And um, (laughs) it was like my first experience. I was like, dude, you're a kid from
1: Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What part of Mexico? Did you say it already? Michoacan. 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 So you you go from Michoacan, Mexico, walking to a white family (gasps) in Oregon.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember like the first time walking, like like, driving through the city of Portland and seeing all those lights. I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, like in my pueblo, when it when the sun goes down, it is pitch dark. Like I mean, you can't even see your your hand. It's it's like you know, no lights over there. So going I grew from up in like-
1: DR. Yeah, I grew up in DR. And one thing that I always remember is the darkness. But us being so comfortable walking through the darkness, and then at one point, just yeah. like there was a wall of light when you reached the city that had lights. Yeah. I remember yeah. that so vividly.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember. And even even to this day when I go back, it's not the most lit place and you can see the stars, but it's a different kind of darkness as opposed to over here. You can I'm not scared of walking anywhere around here. It's yeah. always lit somewhere. Yeah. But over there it's pitch dark. And so I remember coming here, it was uh, like a new family. I was just distraught. You know, like 4-year-old, you, you can't be you haven't seen your mom or your anyone you know for 3 weeks. You're distraught. I don't know how my family did it they reconnected us and we moved in with my dad and um unfortunately my dad obviously didn't have his own place he was still working so we had to move in with like two other families and then hopefully he eventually he moved up uh, in a position then we got uh we got to move in with just my aunt and uncle and then we eventually got our own apartment and then we eventually got another apartment and then a house and then they bought another house. Then they bought a business, and I don't know. Everything just worked out, man. It was just through perseverance and hard work, and their dedication to really trying to save money and like live frugally, but uh, but w- and, and within our means. But ultimately, with the end goal of um, maybe like starting a business or something. But they definitely always wanted to provide for me an education or whatnot, and so it it worked out. No, worked that out.
1: that is something that I'm like as you were talking about that coming from a like you know a, you know of no means like poverty like that and seeing the slow unfolding of like progress and the hard work it is oh. impressive to actually see your like my my um. mom and dad did their own stuff to come out of it but like when i saw like i always look at my aunt as like an example like you know from from poverty in in the Dominican Republic living in a hut to now she just opened up her own bank you know what i mean like yeah dude like her as she started uh real estate sold a bunch of houses in florida uh did very well for herself had some money invested in the stock market made more money and then she was able to invest her money in a bank and now she helps latinos become homeowners with Beautiful. very Beautiful. low interest rates i might even try to sell her bank i'm not even gonna say her bank name but like but it is it is something where she has developed a business that is now like helping you know like a lot of people with their paperwork might not be all in order you know to help them become homeowners so they can you know do it do it the right way but and not be robbed by a bank that's like yeah 10 percent on a home and you're like what the hell 10 <laughs> percent interest you know so so it is beautiful yeah. seeing that unfold happen like right in front of your eyes
0: oh yeah absolutely um i i always think to myself and I think that a lot of uh, undocumented people uh, uh, are probably one of the luckiest people on earth, uh, because if if we do, we do we we come from a place where it's like we had nothing, and now we have been blessed with so much. And I just I I know I, I see some of my friends who have more, but at the same time, I appreciate what I have. I appreciate the the fact that. Um, everything was not given to my parents. Everything was earned. And so, um, I don't know. It's, it's quite a bit of a, uh, of a, a big shoes to fill, you know, for yeah. me and my sister to, to, to always want to, uh, do better. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I, I, I just am I'm grateful that I'm here as opposed to, as opposed to being a white person that may have come from privilege yeah. and like, and you know, have like uh so much money. And now, they, they're in the same spot they may feel like you know they didn't improve or anything whereas my trajectory in life has been just like Elon Musk like, to the moon.
1: More, baby exactly you know what's funny uh my girlfriend is white because uh, you know keep the enemies close but uh right, right, right that's one of my stand-up jokes anyways but uh but, but no but 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 we had a moment with my girl me and my girlfriend were talking about our childhoods right and she was telling me that at 15 yo she would uh like vandalize property like she would Like, real, real illegal things she would do, you know, run with drug dealers, have guns. Like, and then she turned to me, she goes, What's the craziest, most illegal thing you did as a kid? And I was like, Come here. Like, that is the most illegal thing I did. Yeah. I was afraid of jaywalking. Are you out of your mind? You think I'm going to vandalize property? Like, well, is that, do you think that's because your parents
0: instilled that upon you? Because my mom would like, my mom was a, like a helicopter parent when we came to the U.S. Before Mexico, she was okay. But here, she's like, no vas a salir, no vas a estar tarde con los amigos. You got to be here. You got to be there. Like, I was on check. Like, I, she thought maybe I was going to go outside to play soccer and then, like, join the Crips or something.
1: That's how it jumps. Bro, until 18, until I moved out of the house at 18 on my own, my my curfew was 8 p.m. God forbid I ask, I ask my because I live with my aunt and my uncle most of my life. God forbid I ask my aunt and my uncle, please let me stay to a party till eleven. They were like, the later at night, the more cops that are out, the more higher possibility you have of getting deported. It's like I couldn't enjoy the night. I think that's why I became a stand-up comedian because I was like, I want freedom of speech and a job that I have to work at night. You know what I mean? Because right, I want, right, I right. want to be free and at night. But I <laughs> ran from, I ran from home at eighteen, bro. I, I
0: feel you. I feel yeah,
1: I i
0: felt that i was like close to 18 i was like yeah i need to get out of here but then i'm like good mexican food <laughs> clean clothes you know, i'm gonna I'm I'm see how far i can push this i don't think i don't think i have
1: uh anything to offer <laughs> but let me but- let me let me get back a little bit to, you, to your story real quick because i'm trying to put two points together for you so you got sent to portland oregon after the immigration system sent you there your family was was lucky enough to be reunited where did your dad did everybody go to Portland to see you or did everybody get moved to Portland? How did you guys all get connected oh, great and then question. end
0: up? Great question. So um my dad first when he first came to the US, he was working in Texas. Um he I don't know, he I think he was uh like a like a farm worker or whatnot. Hmm. I remember him telling me that he would go to like the Giants games and everything. And so or not the Giants, the the Texas um the cowboys games and okay. uh, yeah different state way different state yeah, uh yeah. and so he would just uh he was here for like a couple years and then he he remembered that um Mo, like he had connections in 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 portland and there's this running joke that if you're from michoacan you come to oregon and if you and it's it's like that it's you you, you are you ask any other hispanic it's like they not am dead and they'll be like well, michoacan or halis or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. so
1: it, it's it's so the pipeline he, somehow it just it just ends up oh yeah there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! yeah, yeah. And, and, like and, and the in New York City, like just that's just how it is. Exactly,
0: <laughs> yeah. exactly, exactly. And so I, you, you have like a couple people here that knew each other. And so since my dad moved here, he was just the the gate opener for the rest of the family. And so then he brought in my other aunts, my other uncles. So it's just that one person that then we needed to to make that connection. By all intents and purposes, we could have landed anywhere—Mississippi or, yeah. or Nevada or Texas or anywhere—but Oregon is where we landed, um, and I couldn't be I couldn't be happier. I think that uh I think we hit the jackpot on this state as uh, as well. I was uh. I grew up in a very, very good environment where it was like bilingual schools, which was a jackpot again, because there's like only three here. And so I was like going to Yeah, I was gonna ask you
1: like where'd you go to elementary school? Like let's do the school thing. Where'd you go? Oh,
0: it was great. It was great. Uh I I loved it. Uh, elementary school was Barnes elementary bilingual school. Uh I was with um Hispanic and non-Hispanic students who we were all learning English and Spanish at the same time. So they may have broken Spanish, but I have broken English. So it was great. And like that environment of just yeah. like we're all in it together it was just oh, beautiful, beautiful. I think that that really, uh, that really piqued my my um, my interest in school. And, the and school mixed then.
1: Though. So I'm guessing that you had like a lot of uh, uh, Hispanic and white kids. So you exactly. had a little bit of both worlds. Exactly, exactly.
0: And then in like third, fourth grade, I don't know, I kept eating my frijoles and I started becoming like a really good, smart kid. And just things took off. Uh, I moved from, like, uh, in middle school, they moved me from, like, normal classes to advanced classes. You get more attention. You get more resources. So you were, like, uh, crushing, then- like,
1: you were, like, in, like, advanced math, advanced English, like, you were just doing it all? Well, well let me tell you this. <laughs> at
0: first, at first, uh, I mean, ultimately, I, yeah, I ended up crushing it and doing better than most. But when I first got to middle school, they just put me in like all the the like the lowest basic classes and i was pissed i'm like what do you mean i'm doing math like i i I did this math when i was in fourth grade put me in the advanced class and they they didn't want to i don't know if they saw my name or whatnot but they put me in like the esl class even though i was like by fifth sixth grade i was fluent yeah they put me in like the lowest class and i was i was furious because uh by sixth grade i was like you know guys I, i i know i got it i i'm gonna i'm gonna do good but by seventh and eighth grade, I was able to elevate myself to the point that I was above most of my peers and really just showcasing and that. And I think the fire in me was uh was light, lit when they put me in those low rudimentary classes, thinking that I wasn't capable of that. But in reality, it was not that I wasn't capable, it's was just that they were not able to see past yeah. uh, the fact that I was Hispanic and like it, it just put me in all these classes. So I was able to elevate myself same shit happened in high school they put you in all the, the basic classes again and then that's when you have to show it show everyone again like look I can take the advanced classes the IB the APs and I have a I have an ambition to get high grades to go to school you know that lie they tell you, you got to get good grades yeah. go to school get, get a good job get mm-hmm. get a good life and all that okay mm-hmm. well I try to do that and so I we I graduated high school with great grades a lot, a lot of scholarships and by that time, uh, my family had had begun their business, so we was we were very fortunate that they were able to um, uh, help me as well as the U.S. government help me with uh, student loans to go to to uh, University of Portland.
1: So you had where status at my... that point, right? Like by that point. Yes, like...
0: yes, yes, yes. I did have status, but um, I know that UP was a private school, and um, I had several friends that were undocumented there, and they chose to go there because their undocumented status was irrelevant um, to the school they were um, they were just paying out of pocket yeah. which is which blows my mind because it was $50,000 a year so if someone's making if someone has to pay $50,000 a year like no loans like that's that's intense so yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know how their families did it but the fact that they persevered as well and they graduated is, just speaks testaments to 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 how hard and how much love their family gave them for, yeah. for them to achieve that education so I don't know. I it worked out. Um, I worked at our, our businesses for a while right after graduation. I helped grow um, our production of chips, tortillas, and this and that. And so you guys have your own lines. After, of course we do.
1: Of course we do. What? <laughs> yes. God. Show me these lines. Look at these. Yes. Look at these entrepreneurs. Look at these undocumented entrepreneurs. Oh my God. We're,
0: we're just taking everybody's job. So these are the tostadas that ah, we make. look They're, at that. So, there's a visual and got. audio
1: podcast. So, the, the, if you are if listening to audio, you got to go watch the video now to see all these amazing right, tortillas right. that they're making. And for
0: two easy payments of two ninety nine, you can also get these <laughs> purple corn tortillas. <laughs> oh <laughs> my <laughs> God. And then oh I God. know we got, a, we got a lot of fatties out there. So, we got tortillas de nopa, low calorie Ooh, option for you. Mira,
1: coño. I, don't know what, I don't know what else we got
0: to show you. I can show you the whole stuff.
1: This is amazing. You no, know, this is,
0: I love it. And then this is this is probably what we're known for. You know, everybody needs a nice, good tortilla de harina. Ooh. So these are made with love and care. I'll send you one. I'll send you a couple just well, so you guys can try that. them can,
1: out. Can, 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 we, can anybody order from uh, your store, like, online and have it delivered kind of thing?
0: Well, we're, we're working on that. We're working on that. Well, I'm working on that right now. Uh,
1: we yeah. have... Um...
0: <laughs> I'm so freaking proud of this guy right now. Like... <laughs> you can visit us at MercadoSanFran.com and you can order your warm tortillas, but we don't ship them out, but we, I'll, I'll work on that. We'll, we'll see how Absolutely. I can ship
1: these out. Oh my God. But, I'll be sponsoring your, your tortillas. <laughs> you if you're in Portland, you gotta get <laughs> hey, Mercado San right. tortillas, man. They're the best.
0: See, and, and I appreciate that. I told my parents and we need, Hey, we're well, going to put these, I'm going to put our business online we're going to sell online. They're like. How we're going to sell tortillas through the internet? Sometimes it's like that. This kind
1: of but yes,
0: yeah. trust me. But it's it's working.
1: It's working. Yeah. Uh, um, what did you go to? What was your major in college? Uh, entrepreneurship
0: and finance. Okay.
1: So I'm doing business administration right now. So I'm kind of like doing the same yeah. thing. Learning how to. Actually, my family have. Uh, my mom has two businesses that are are they suck and they're not doing very well. But that's why I'm getting my degree so I can help her where she's failing because she's a great business person with the hustling. But with the putting the the tax dollars and you know and and mm-hmm. where to allocate mm-hmm. money, how to get the cheapest stuff, she's not great with that.
0: <laughs> I I hear you completely. That's probably why I went to business school, wanted to help my parents. But I don't know. I feel like I learned more from them, just working at the store, working with customers, than I ever did in 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 school. And obviously, they'll teach you accounting and and all these things that you your parents won't teach you. But uh, I think it's like the day to day, and just having that mindset of that consistency of of needing to improve your business every day is what what really like uh helped me to learn everything i need to know about business but um
1: yeah because you did it it in a very interesting way you know you worked at the store growing up you know you saw what your parents did every day then you went to school to add to that knowledge that you already had you're like hey i deal with money every day but now i'm learning accounting to learn how that money should be allocated
0: absolutely absolutely and i remember going to school and like always like i always try to incorporate what we were learning to my contents um context and it, my, i know my peers knew what i was doing but they would always sometimes give me that weird look and i'd be like all right professor so we're talking about uh merchants liability what happens if the merchants a tortilla maker hypothetical <laughs> here. Hypothetically like, and, and and uh and the merchant is making tortillas and mexican <laughs> goods is there any difference anything that anything that this person should or should i know Yes. Okay. Just, just wondering,
1: <laughs> just wondering, mm-hmm. you know, the tortilla not going to be on the test. I know, but I'm just very fascinated. I know. I'm just, I'm just you just don't understand. So st- oh my God. I freaking love that. I love that. So, so you, oh, how old are you about me asking?
0: I'm 30, man.
1: Oh, no, I'm, I'm 33. So did you, you just got your degree not too long ago.
0: Uh, so I graduated from law school on this year. This year that's and, uh, what it was so you, you
1: got you got your entrepreneur degree and everything and you went to law school
0: yeah yeah, yeah. okay so um i was I, you know you just you just get bored of doing the same thing and i'm like you know what what else could i do it and i always wanted to be a lawyer i always i always felt that i and my family did not understand jack about the the law system here in the u.s and we've been screwed over uh with our documentation, with our business, with our houses, with our taxes, with other employees, with whatever you name it, so I thought maybe uh, going to law school and um, improving my understanding of what to do in these situations would, uh, would help my family out, and that's what I've been doing ever since, and unfortunately, they call me for everything, and things I don't know jack shit about, you know, it's like, (laughs) Mi hijo, tu tía tu tía Lola se quiere divorciar, pero tiene 10 hijos, y ¿qué quieres que haga? i like, who? Like, I
1: Sorry, uh, wrong number. <laughs> like, you just, just want to hang out, but oh it's God. like. <laughs> I'm so, that's so funny. That's so true, man. Spanish fam. Seriously, my aunt's a realtor banker we call her like she's like she's the district attorney of florida mm-hmm. mira 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 i got a parking ticket in, in, exactly. in philadelphia i'm undocumented what do i do <laughs> exactly
0: exactly real, and oh my gosh, i'm here at work so my employees might hear me but even they sometimes come we're like hey in um como les digo eh do you think you can help him out? It's like, yeah, here, let me just, let me just rip one out here. On. Like, like, it's not that easy.
1: What's, not that- what's your law degree? Like, what's your, do you, do you take immigration? Oh, so so you just get uh,
0: a regular law degree and then you just focus on whatever you want to do. But And so okay. I would love, I would love, 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 love to focus on immigration law. Me That's too. the goal, man. Me too, that, That's so cool. dude,
1: I'm. I'm like I'm. Uh, see now you now you inspire me to fully follow my dreams. So like right now, I'm in community college for business administration, right? Mm-hmm. Then I'm gonna go to Rutgers to get my bachelor's, right? And people mm-hmm. go, why are you getting your you know business administration? I'm like, well, here's what it is, I want to steal uh, all the money from white people, and I need to know uh-huh. why they love all money, the- you know? So I'm learning everything about the- money and why they they idolize it, why they oh mm-hmm. god, almighty god dollar, but then I want to go to Princeton. To get my my like a like just like a general law degree and then focus on immigration for the same exact reason, man. Like my girlfriend, she grew up with like family members, uh, you know, who were very knowledgeable with the law. Her her grandfather, uh, served in the Korean War. He was a big time army dude. Uh, he got to be the president of like the VA in Syracuse. So this guy grew up with like the law, you know, at his back. You know, it, it had his back every step of the way. So she's very knowledgeable. So it was, it, was, it was a culture shock to go from an undocumented quiet guy who never wanted to talk about it to a, like, radical f- white feminist who was like, you will not touch my body unless I say so. And I'm like, okay, well, they can grab me. I can grab me whenever they want. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it was like – so I've so I, I become inspired to learn the law because you're right, mm-hmm. man. When you're undocumented, when you grow up, like, afraid of the authorities, my guy, you, you're afraid to walk into a courtroom because you think like a traffic courtroom doesn't serve you, that it's a trap. 100%. Mm-hmm. It is such 100%. a phobia of the law, and I want to do just like you and learn it and stop being afraid of it.
0: I completely agree. My um, one uh, going off that and an example I have is one of my employees. She got uh, she witnessed a crime and she was subpoenaed to um, testify to the crime, and she was terrified. She's like, nope, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. They'll deport me. This, I'm like, first of all, you're a citizen, so don't stop thinking like that. <laughs> Second of oh all, it's like God. it's subpoena. You could go to jail. <laughs> yeah. it's like, nope, nope, nope. And it's that terrifying yeah. fear of 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 our distrust for the government. And and I get that. And I get that. It's 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 hard uh, to sometimes have trust in 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 something you're not so comfortable in, but. I think that's the perfect path that you should that you should probably pursue, just to focus and help on on your community. And I and I and I thought about doing other things before, but ultimately, immigration, and helping uh, a community uh, that that's always supported me is probably one of the things that I feel most fulfilling, or will be most fulfilling in my life. So I don't know, just try to do what you, what you feel is uh, fulfilling for you. You know, and it won't be work. No. I remember working at places that are work, and you, it doesn't matter how much they pay if you don't like it
1: don't do it man yeah no a couple years ago after like the government finally uh gave me the biggest middle finger was when i decided to like dedicate my whole art my life to to the undocumented community you know what i mean because because you know if i did everything quote unquote right and they still fucked me over you know then there's people who you know who didn't have such a lucky streak that can't get citizenship that that you know i feel for them you know so So that's how I felt, too. So that's why I want to do something. I want to do more. That's why this is hopefully can educate other people. Like my engineer over here, Jesse, he's listening to the stories I've had so far. And it's even he's like, yo, it's amazing. I never I would never thought that people live in such fear or have had such a, you know, such a difficult time in this country growing up undocumented.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think uh, I think that the, the next stimulus package should include, like, a round of therapy for every undocumented <laughs> person here in the U.S. You get yeah. therapy. You get therapy. Yeah. That would really stimulate the economy. Uh,
1: well, and by you the way, know? I'm loving watching the background, the Latinx people coming in and just shopping around. It's just like it's like it's almost seems like the kind of screensaver I want in my life. where just like Latinx people living their life in peace. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they don't give a <laughs> don't even care. Somebody's <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. 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 So tell me like yeah. um what, what's like what's your plan next like I want to know a little bit about because you know we're about to wrap up here where are we at now Jesse almost uh, you're almost, 30, 30 minutes. almost at thirty minutes yeah we'll go probably for like another five minutes or like that I don't want to make this too long uh, you know you gotta get to no worries, to work no
0: worries. nah dude uh, well um what's what's my plan um I want to get an internship and I want to open up a law firm Uh, ideally within the next two years uh, I'd like to open up a firm um. Either Barajas Law or Monarca Law, something like that. To you know, really, really hone in and and focus on immigration issues uh, around my local area. And no, I've. I also have a vendetta against other immigration firms so I really want to like I've applied to other immigration firms and they're really snobby so my other vendetta is to make a really good immigration firm to take money away from the other bad immigration firms and and you know just and like you said take all the money that I can from the whiteys and it's like yeah it's just I guess it's it's not about money it's just like I just want to get going and help as many people as I can uh I know that what i want to do it's not going to hurt anybody it's going to probably help so many more lives i remember that one moment that my parents received their immigration status like you just transform our lives completely yeah. jobs income housing cars everything changed yeah. so i just want to be able to be that person for for other individuals as well
1: no yeah that's that's exactly that's exactly people don't don't realize that just just the ability to be able to work in freedom really does change your life uh drastically i was actually thinking about this i'm I'm starting to probably do a one-man show about growing up undocumented and kind of like trying to put it together and i just yeah i didn't realize just how much of my career like so i started doing stand-up because i was undocumented so Mm -hmm. for the first like 10 years i was very quiet about it i couldn't travel actually i didn't this is gonna sound really cheesy, but I was i v- I'm very good. I'm very good at stand-up. I love doing it. Hell I'm, yeah, hell I'm gonna be yeah. talking about it. I'm very good. I was very good at the start, but I actually made it so I wouldn't be seen by anybody who mattered because I knew they couldn't hire me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that that, that kind of mm-hmm. was like I was I was sabotaging myself because oh. like like there was like one big comedy festival that was in Canada. It's called the Montreal Comedy Festival, and every comedian in the world wants to go there, right? But when I was like 22, I was undocumented and my name started to go around the circles like, oh, Chase, you get an audition. Chase, you get an audition. And I hid. I didn't want them to give me an audition because if for some reason I got selected, I couldn't go to Canada. So now I'm going to tell all these comedy clubs that I've been working at. Oh, by the way, you've had this undocumented guy here hanging out for the last four years paying him, you know what I mean? I'm not claiming taxes. You know what I mean? Like so right. but man, when I got status for like uh I got status about four years ago. It's about to end in a few years. So I'm I'm in the middle of my own immigration issue. Um man, those first two years, I really, really pushed to be seen. Man, I got auditions at MTV. I started working with some big names. And it was just like Just that little status I had that allowed me to be able to be like, yeah, I I can't go to Canada temporarily. It's all good. You know what I mean? If you guys need me. Mm. Like really just changed everything about my life and my career was finally able to blossom. And, you know, now that I tell people why I wasn't documented, it's kind of gone back because a lot of these institutions are um, are white supremacy. You know, a lot of comedy clubs are owned by white men and white men own like 20 comedy clubs. So if they don't like you, you're just banned from 20 of them. So yep. once I started coming out about being undocumented, I got I got banned from a lot of places. But you know what? I'm happier like performing for my community and these small spaces that'll have me rather than you know go work for these white people who are gonna like you know not respect what I'm doing. But like I was going back to like that status, man, that status for three years really changed my entire being. Yeah. I didn't think about it.
0: I hear that. I hear that. And oh, man, I just I think it's, I think that's that's such a powerful message, man, like you, it, it changes you with confidence and whatnot. I did have one friend who went to law school with me and um, she was undocumented, and she was almost the uh, same way she was very timid she didn't want to speak up and whatnot. But she confided in me her situation. and. It sort of like brought me uh, to the realization that, yeah, there are people that are still uh, live in here, but she's not letting that discourage her from getting her law degree, which is so fucking badass. And so in in, in respect for her and respect for other people that may come behind me, I always made it a point that uh, at least in my immigration classes, whenever we did talk about it, uh, I let people know. Yeah, I was undocumented and <laughs> illegal here at one time. If anybody has any issues, say it now, or we'll take it outside. And, and people, and people get it. They, they, yeah. they, they know to like not mess with, not say like racist shit. Because in law, there's a lot of white supremacy. So much, you would be surprised. And I went to a very liberal school in a very liberal state. And we still had very, very, very opposing thoughts uh, from the other side. And and sometimes, even in law school, I was I was harassed for being Hispanic. Or sometimes they would be like, "Do you even go here?" I'm like, "Yeah,
1: yeah, wow. me, yeah. <laughs> hold me back, hold me back." But <laughs> but uh, what law school did you go to?
0: I went to Willamette. Willamette not, law, here a, in Oregon.
1: Oregon. Okay, that's a big. Is yeah, that like a, yeah. like a pretty big?
0: No, it's probably like probably like a really tiny school like not not not, not like top 10 or anything of that but uh but a law school's a law school yeah of course i'm not trying to diminish. i just
1: didn't know because i know know, you know you went to university of portland that's that's a pretty big school yeah yeah
0: (laughs) and so yeah it's like a even even i mean even at upl also suffered a little bit of uh, discrimination but here it was just to the to the level that i was like astonished like really? even 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 though you get into a higher education it does not stop and that's that that should that's probably like the same with everything court i know that we have a very racist judge here in oregon mm. uh in the immigration court like it does not stop so i think that
1: um yeah i mean watch uh, that what, kyle rittenhouse case and you saw how that judge was like literally defending kyle oh yeah and you're <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the what DSM the hell head. is uh, Like,
0: he's like, he's like, breastfeeding him in the stand. Like, God, it was breastfeeding him on the stand so bad.
1: Like, this guy
0: probably did the worst job as a judge I've ever seen. Oh, my God. But I digress. Yeah, but it's exactly.
1: But yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, that's that's why lawyers need critical race theory uh, to be taught yes. to them specifically to be yeah, like, hey, this is how this system is literally based on white supremacy. That's why like, when I started doing like immigration. I started thinking to myself, God, how long can I keep this topic going on TikTok? And I realized, hold up, the whole system is built on white supremacy. I can talk you about just this today. <laughs> I, st- I just started. I just started reading. I just started reading actual books about the system, and and, mm-hmm. and just all this. And it's a lot, and it's mm-hmm. it's just layers on top layers of white supremacy. And I'm sorry, yeah, it, it must it must have been really kind of. I'm glad you finished, but it really must have been heartbreaking to literally go to these people who are gonna be the future judges. They're gonna go further than you. They're gonna they're gonna have those position of powers and they're going right in there with that bias and they don't even fucking see it.
0: Right in it. Right in it. Exactly. No, I I I know a couple people that I always keep in the back of my mind and I always like check up on them like what are they doing? Oh God <laughs> keep it, and just, like she would say shit. How far are like, they going? I don't understand why Mexicans
1: so I'm like <laughs> <laughs> Already Sorry. don't understand. That's a bad end of story. Jessica, Je- 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 what, 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 did you? I'm like,
0: you just, I don't know. It's like the situation. It's like you don't. Like I don't understand how people in 2021 20, can still blatantly say things so racist and expect for people not to call them out. And yeah. and I'm just, I'm glad that we're in an era where we get to call it out, where people film things, where people can say what they, what they think and get uh, get called out on it. Yeah. But um.
1: No, and you're smart to go. Stop. You're you're smart to go into law because that is actually where the next um level of you know racism. Because like right now you can't be outwardly racist to somebody's color. So status, literally immigration status, citizenship has become the new racism coded. You know what I mean? Like because you know exactly. you know plenty, plenty of people of color who become U.S. citizens and they think that they're better than the undocumented person. Do you know what I mean? And it's it it's the status thing and the law. Has become the new way to discriminate without without right. talking about skin color. So that's why you're very smart to learn the law. Because man, these dog whistles you hear them a lot better when you're when you're equipped.
0: Oh my goodness! Yes, yes, it's 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 so sad, um, so so sad. And even within our co- community, I I'm not gonna say um, who <laughs> the Cubans, but like <laughs> even within our community, there's a disparity of what. Yeah. You
1: know, once yeah. you get that citizen yeah. citizenship, you're like, no one else. No one else. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh I think. Uh, God. Let me check with Jesse. Where are we at? Forty. Yeah, man. We got we got to open up uh, in a few. But dude, before we go, please tell everybody uh, where they can find you, where they can find the the mercado, and yeah, just so they can keep and in, 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 you know keep up with your amazing story
0: awesome thank you well for all my documented, undocumented people out there we are located in Salem Oregon uh we have a store in Beaverton Wilsonville Gresham so we're all over Oregon and hopefully to a place near you yeah. but we're, we're we're not there yet um we we don't do online orders just yet but we're working on it and if you have a party and you need warm tortillas we'll we'll, we'll make those for you you know
1: awesome dude definitely yeah and uh tell us your uh your tiktok and abraham oh.
0: so my my tiktok and my instagram are bien guapo just one word uh, <laughs> that's what my gra- that's what my grandma used to call me so you know what? i'm gonna roll with it i'm going roll
1: with it bien guapo <laughs>
0: I was like, Hey, abuelita, what, what should my username be? Hi, mi costal
1: bien guapo. Like, Fuck, genius, genius, right? This <laughs> time, my the same way. My girlfriend was like, his undocumented ass. is going nowhere. Like, oh, my undocumented <laughs> ass. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> exactly,
0: dude. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Bien
1: guapo and everything. Uh, don't, don't get off. This will be the end episode, but I do want to get a quick picture with you, like on the monitor and everything. I got this new camera, so yeah. I want a quick picture with you. All right. Hey, no uh, worries, boss. thank you so much for being on the show today, man, and uh, and good luck with everything. Hopefully, you open up that law firm because I'm gonna need some help. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I gotta go <laughs> hey
1: thank you for checking out another episode of my undocumented ass podcast remember to check out other podcasts on drop tent media network and if you want to support my undocumented ass podcast check us out on patreon thank you so much y hasta la proxima vez te veo
0: this has been
1: a drop tent media production